0: Welcome to Forge by Fire. My name's Ryan Stevens, two tour Marine Corps combat veteran. I'm here with my buddy Rob Heffley, also an Army veteran. Man, we're here on Memorial Day at the Hefley Pool House. Come on, man, man, this is not the pool house. This is the corner office
1: of the pool house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the pool house where we look outside. Uh, I'm, this is actually one of my when I designed the pool house was our thoughts about me hanging out. So I built this desk so big, so I can hang out with friends out here and do stuff like this right here. Come on, And dream and see the woods. So we have these guys every come to my house. I got these windows. They're like eight by eight foot on both corners. And this morning before Ryan got here, there's a deer out here. Just watching it, which was pretty cool. And then
0: Ron got here, he spooked the deer off. Yeah, it's right. I come flying into the parking lot. If you guys don't know, um, when you just to explain it, there's almost it's almost like a barn type feel, uh, it, it, like an outdoor type feel, a lot of wood. Um, rock and it looks really awesome he's got a pool uh, a rock is a diving board so it it looks awesome and then you walk back into this office and the big windows lets a lot of light in and uh, you can see the trees and it's pretty awesome and this is the uh, first time we've done a podcast in here right yeah and that's what I that's why I was excited about doing it Rama's trying to be
1: really nice there. This is like redneck heaven. That's what I'd call it. You know, It kind of fits my personality. There's a lot of the redneck Hilton. (laughs) There's like a lot of cedar and western red cedar and some other wood. And even like there's my my uh, desks made by cedar. Uh, Eric Menzie built this thing, which is amazing. He's he's an amazing. uh, He's more of an artist than I guess builder. Really, I feel like just the way he needs to fit. And uh, but it's kind of my home, my my little piece of. uh, paradise here in, in arkansas that's right man but uh man i'm excited memorial day like we have uh a lot going on a lot to talk about a lot's happening even just in a short time of the week but uh
0: just real quick man round before we get started get your grid coordinates kind of where are you at today um uh man i think uh I, i'm doing really good this is a weird time for me there's times that uh i'm real happy during the day and times that i kind of reflect and i get uh uh, depressed a little bit, I think is a good word, where I get down and uh, kind of internalize. And I kind of get in this weird position where, uh, where I almost want to um, recluse away from people. I want to kind of back in and not really deal with people on Memorial Day. Um, and some of it, I think is just a lack of education. People thank me for my service on military, uh, on Memorial day. And, uh, sometimes that's a, that's a knife and, and, I, and I don't judge them. It's not their fault. They just don't know the difference between veterans day and Memorial day. I'm sure we'll talk about it today, Rob. Um, but yeah, so today is kind of one of those weird days, man. I feel like a Neapolitan ice cream, man. I'm three different flavors. Um, I always excited to come kick it with you, man. I feel like we always have great conversations, and uh, I always walk away with more wisdom than I showed up with. And uh, I know we're probably going to kick it today and do some stuff. But man, yeah, just a little bit different of a feeling, man. What about you? What's what's your grid coordinates?
1: Man,
0: I'm I'm happy to be here.
1: I'm not going to use my inappropriate. I used to say, I'm happy. like like a fat girl at prom. (laughs) If there's any fat people out there and girls too, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still fat, you know, but that's just like a a joke. But, uh, man, I I really, because my wife's like, why are you doing a podcast before Murph in the crack of dawn morning when you don't have to get up? Welcome to the dojo. uh, But I was like, you know, I mean, that's excited. Like me and Ron have a friendship and I, I get it. We have like very limited time windows where we get to hang out and we like, Squeeze the most out of those and that's a I, true story I knew he was coming up here. I was like hey what about if you came extra early which you know I feel bad for him to come up here but you know extra early I was like man how excited I was even last night I went and got we're doing a big cookout after Murph uh, at the house and I went to the grocery store last night at ten thirty when I got home and I was you know thinking about stuff and I got home and I sit down and uh, I started watching I was like man what are my favorite uh, some more movies I started going through and the searching and uh was sitting there was one of the questions too when to talk about because I think uh, as a kid growing up man that was one a huge influence on me about the military was man the movies the war movies and uh, you I, still, th- I still
0: love them you think uh, is that what uh, helped you become a patriot Rob Hefley you think it, that's what kind of uh he oh, yeah. you in the booty and put you on the path. What do you think? I, I think
1: I think a huge part of it, man, because, you know, we talk about this a lot because when you see movies and you see men that sacrifice to give up something greater for themselves, you know, they find stuff. And as a kid, I, I've talked about this before. We had an illegal satellite and had, like, every channel <laughs> in the world. So every movie, you know, man, I, you know, I grew up 80s. Um, like, on my wall, I had a Top Gun poster. I had a Cobra Stallone poster. I had a Rambo. Like, first, you know. Not first blood, but the second one it came out. You know that poster, which my parents. I'm like, okay, I'm six, seven years old, and you know you're letting. You know my, my mom is praying for me. My, my dad's like, whatever you want to watch, you know. But come on, man. As a kid, man, I remember I had like a I had a machete and had had a survival knife, like you know. John Rambo because it came out of Russellville, Arkansas. Man. i might have one of the fake cheap ones.
0: Dude, so like the one that had the compass in the back? Oh, yeah. Russellville, Arkansas. Dude,
1: Sylvester Stallone drove here and picked, I mean, he drove here, he flew in here and picked it up. Come on, man. Jimmy Lyle melted, Sweet Knives, but all that, you know, those movies, man, I think back about how um, Missing in Action, you know, uh, Chuck Norris played uh, James Braddock, you know, the Vietnam veteran and these different ones throughout all those, you know, the movies, the Civil War movie, Glory, man, huge, uh, Thinking about those movies, how you see something, those guys had a battle to fight, but something rose up in them to, to do more. And I think, you know, a lot of those, uh, they still affect me, man. Because last night uh, uh, I sit there and looked, I put on We Were Soldiers and I watched the first part of it till about one o'clock. It's like I got to get up at five something, so I better go to bed. But it was like, you know, to see, you know, the story about how more going, you know, going to Vietnam and taking those guys, man, and they, you know, they just get like annihilated. And he sits there, and he knew what he was walking into. And you know, it shows, you know, the preface about the last time when the French attacked, how they killed every one of them. You know, they didn't take any, 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 sit there, any, any prisoners, uh, prisoners of war. war. You know, and I'm like, man, knowing you're about to march these young guys into that. And, you know, different
0: things about how, how are you going to lead that way in the first cab there. But, uh, man, you think, that, you think that's what inspired you uh, initially to, to join the military? I. I I knew I wanted to be something bigger, you know, part of something bigger than what I was, you know, sit there. What was, what was the pivotal moment? Was there a pivotal moment? Like, Hey, today's the day or was it a slow process for you to join the military? Man, when
1: I was, you know, it was funny, funny story. You know, like, you know, my mom pretty much uh, lived with my mom for the time I was, uh, probably 10 years old, you know, parents are divorced. My parents have been divorced 30 years now, which is crazy. I was 10 years old and, uh, Man, you know, slowly. I remember I went to the recruiter. I took the ASVAB before I was even 16. What? Yeah. That recruiter
0: was hustling, baby. Yeah, he was but, putting you on it. But, a, you know, but it it, it
1: was, but then it was weird. I took, you know, as soon as, I don't know why I took it so early. And then uh, I talked active duty arm recruiter forever. And then I kind of, you know, talked to the Air Force. You know, they all, I wanted to do something. And I qualified for the Navy nuke program, which you have a nuclear plant in Russellville, Arkansas, if you don't know. And I was like.
0: I was actually had a I good did not know that. We have a nuke plant in yeah. Russellville? Yeah. You didn't know that? It
1: seemed like the clouds puffing up.
0: No. So I, I, was
1: did like, not, I did not know that. I was like, hey, if I don't like this, I can come back home in six years and be an operator and make six figures. You know, I had like actually a decent plan for a 17, you know, but I was like also thinking I want to be in Pensacola for two years in school and party and, you know. That was probably a big part of that. But math and science, I was good at. And I qualified for the nuke program. But my mom, I was 17 years old when I was a senior. I didn't turn, I graduated a year early just because of my my age was. I started school young. And she wouldn't sign for me. At the Time the nuke program had the biggest bonus, you know, you know, all this stuff. It was actually, it wasn't, it was a, actually a good deal. I had some friends that went through it, and I met several operators out here, you know, that come to the nuke plant. And and she didn't want to sign for you just because she's like, like she, she was six years be gone, you know, like her mind. And I was, I mean, I was her baby too. That's the one you know, she raised uh-huh. by herself, and uh, all those things. But what's funny was, you know, like hey, I was always, I was one of those kids that find a different way, you know, loophole. You know, just kind of, and I'd wear her down. I pretty much wore her down. <laughs> and uh, I went and uh, she joined, let me join to be a combat engineer. Um, Which
0: is any better than a
1: Duke? Uh, I'm computer. like, I want to be digging so you landmines, you know, with my hands. stuff up. Oh, yeah, I'm digging up landmines. I'm like, She had no clue. No, oh, she didn't have oh, a clue. Oh, that
0: sounds an engineer. That sounds like a great idea. And
1: she thought it was, you know, reserves too. And that was, you know, pre 2001. So, you know, at the time, I mean, we were in Bosnia, you know, that time, but it wasn't. A lot of people don't even know about that, you know, in America I don't think even know what was going on. So, you know, she didn't even think cuz the last war she thought was, you know, really was a go for, you know, last conflict and she's like, you know, that wasn't bad, you know, 100 hours and it was over and uh so she thought, you know, reserves no big deal and um I always think too. She was kind of dating a Democrat then, you know. So I think that was part of always a joke, you know. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was when Bill Clinton was president, you know. All those things are kind of. I think you know, military was downsizing. So I think he, she probably took some guidance from am saying, "How oh, you'll be fine." Yeah, he'll you know, be you know? fine. I mean, we're not
0: at war. Yeah. He's going to go be an engineer.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like they're downsized. We're not. You know, we're yeah. not. So I really think, you know, man, I turned eighteen in basic training. Um, I remember, you know that that time was like. Into I was like, what have I got myself into? What
0: happened? Yeah, so I want to know when you first the party, Rob Heffley. You know, we're chasing girls, getting after it. All of a sudden, you're on a bus, and it's get the hell off my bus oh, yeah. right I, now. What what went through it, your mind? It was like the longest day of my life because we went to Meps <laughs> like
1: at four thirty. You know, to do the pre physical to make sure you're not jacked up before. So I got. The bend over and you know, uh, yeah again you know she go to the quick physical to make sure you can bend and squat and all that stuff and sitting there all day long and finally get, I get a flight it's funny I get a flight to St. Louis from Little Rock then take a bus back to Fort Leonard Wood I could have drove there like you know <laughs> quicker than all this then uh, we get there that night and you know, I could get on the footstep you know it's, it's just like everybody I think everybody should get that experience you know once because you're uh, sitting there you don't know anybody And you're thinking, what have I just done? Did they shave your head in Army? Oh, yeah, I do. A screaming eagle, dude. Like, you know, I mean, I was 17 years old, and I'm like, you know, deer in the headlights. Like, you know, skinny. Think about this. I weighed probably right at 200 pounds, you know. So, skinny, like, goofy-looking dude. And, you know, they shaved my head, a short haircut, like, high and tight. But they still, like, peeled my
0: head. (laughs) Yeah, I remember, dude, I remember pulling in. uh, I landed in San Diego, uh, and I went down to the USO, and there was this. Uh, Lance Corporal, which is low on the totem pole, uh, is receiving recruits. And so we walked down and I'm like, oh man, I'm on vacation. And as soon as I walked down to the USO, hurry up, get a line. And he just, this guy starts blowing up and I'm standing <laughs> literally nuts to butts. That's what they called it. It was called nuts to butts. And I was breathing on a dude's neck and another guy was breathing on my right. neck. That's how close we were. Dude, so we got on the bus and we drove around. What I now know is that it's less than a mile Mile and a but half. You were, you were actually on a bus.
1: Yeah, they put us on. See, a, I, we were on a cattle truck. No, All it was like a bull. You know, bull wagons already haul pigs yeah. and
0: cows in. Yeah. Well, they put us on one of those for humans. It had two levels. <laughs> Listen and, to what you just said. Yeah. You said they put us on a cattle truck yeah. that was made for humans. Yeah. It, it would be called a human trailer if it was made for human. Yeah. It was a cow trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that I, they converted.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what it was. You know, had two you, levels that Sam. way you could
0: like cram.
1: And, I mean, I remember that, because we did that after reception, and they drove around base, so we'd, and like, put your head in your duffel bag, so they kind of dis- just, we wouldn't be running off, mm-hmm. you know. That and the wood. same thing. You know, sitting there, like, you know, like, going nuts. And I remember my recruiter, man, that's the one thing I could, I could probably punch him in the nuts for. <laughs> he told me to take all this crap. So, I had, like, a Reebok bag, you know, it was, like, <laughs> it was like you know, enough to like, you know, enough. It wasn't, like, a 72-hour bag. It was, like, a two-week bag full, of like, towels and different junk and I had that plus everything that, you know, I was issued in my duffel bag. So I had that Reebok bag on my back and bear hug in my duffel bag. I remember getting off the cattle truck and we had to run like a quarter of a mile, you know, to our barracks because the way it was set up and my Reebok bag broke. (laughs) And so I was bear hugging both of them, you know, like barely 200 pounds, you know, six foot four, like leaning about to fall over. And I was like this idiot. I remember I was cussing him in my head, you know, like told me to bring all this crap. I didn't, you know, need... No, they took it. You know, put it away anyway. Did
0: he? After, did he lie to you uh, uh, about what you were going to be and and joining? Or, he, or No, he meant he. Man, he, uh,
1: he was. I mean, he, he joined the army so long ago. I mean, he you know, most uh, army recruiters like E five, E sixes, you know, and he was probably twenty years into. I mean, like whatever he remembers and what he know, you know, and some of the recruits he went. But I was like, why are you telling me to bring all this crap, you know? And I, I was sitting there, I was like, they, you know, they're going to give you everything. You need run, decent running shoes. That was about it. Uh, and I, if I would have known then, I would have taken these sleeve sticks. My knees were just jacked from, as before they started giving all those recruits all these little nice things. But uh, I'll never forget sitting there listening, you know, to that. And I was thinking, what have I got myself into? And they put us in like it was like concrete square, you know, four by fours kind of how their reports. Each was got us four by four and they made, they made sure we got everything that was issued to it. Everybody had their stuff and I had a drill sergeant. He was cross-eyed. <laughs> you don't know if he's looking at you or the guy next to, you know? <laughs> so you're like sitting there like, you know, like, you want to say who are you talking to? Yeah, you know? say that get smoked. You can sit there in them brown rounds, and and I had like three of them that were like so much shorter than me that just pecked my chest. You know, like <laughs> I'm like, so I didn't even see that. You know, like I the, don't
0: know why, <laughs> but when you when you said I had a drill instructor this cross, I don't know why I think that that's so funny, but I picture like uh just uh the guy from Waterboy. You know,
1: oh, like, it was about like that man. It was, it, and I felt bad, you know, because he would try to overcompensate for that. I think oh, he knew I'm he sure. was, you know, I was like, dude put some sunglasses on or put, you know, something, you know, just that way you don't
0: sit did, there. Did you ever laugh? Did you?
1: Did oh, you? man. I was like, you know, I think really, I think a lot of times people, you guys have been in basic training in any branch. There's a part where you realize it's a mind game. and About that's halfway what, through. Yeah, you start, you know, and you realize that it's things that become funny because you're like, this is just, they're just, they're, we're not going to do anything right. We're not going to, you know, even when we do do it right, we're still going to get smoked. And, you know, no matter what they do you know, that mindset they can't break, you know,
0: well, you know what I figured out now that, you know, I was in the military and I get out now, I train people. Now I realized that what they were doing is trying to build camaraderie. They're trying to build a tribe. What they want, you don't have a common interest in boot camp. What do you, what's really your mission? So your mission is, is hate the drill instructors as much as you can and work against it. And that's what we call like the Lance Corporal underground, all these troops working together. Trauma bonds. Yeah, trauma bonds. And now that I know too, they did things to prepare for that. Meaning like they would write things on their whiteboard inside their office on purpose. So the person cleaning the troop that would clean their room would get the intel off the board and come back and give it to the platoon. They knew this. And so they prepped a lot of the teamwork and trauma bonds. uh, So they had a mission and their mission was to you know, uh, hate the drill instructor together. You know, they gave them a bond. it gave them something to bond over. Yeah. And oh, it's so.
1: like, yeah. That's what I was thinking about, you know, as far my favorite war movie is going back to The Great Escape. If you've ever seen that, came out in the 60s. But it's about, you know, being prisoners of war during uh, during uh World War II. But they all, they're digging these tunnels to get out, you know, but they all work together. And that's the thing about, you know, you learn how to do stuff and learn how to work together. You know, some people... But you have these personalities, man. I remember in my room, we had like eight bunks. And and I had like, man, I had... A guy from Salt Lake City it looked like Gargamel uh, <laughs> off the Smurfs. Dude, the most non-flexible. He couldn't touch his knees. I don't think you know. And he had a big old head. And he, could, you know, like then I had uh, had a guy from California. Man, almost hippie. I was like, Why are you in the military? He was my he was my buddy. Was
0: like to deploy, bro.
1: Yeah, but it was you know like I'd want to drive me nuts, man. And just uh, then I had on my I'd say actually my actual battle buddy. My watch out for me. He was uh, getting his loans paid off. He like a degree. I'm like, what are you doing here, you know, and from New Mexico. And uh, he he was a really cool guy and had a redneck from Kentucky. I don't think he'd ever been to
0: town his entire life. Do you think, uh, uh, do you wish everybody in the United States had an opportunity to serve or at least yeah. go to boot camp?
1: Oh, yeah. I really, I really think, man, I love how Israel does their, you know, their country. You know, you do some kind of civil service, you know, most, most of the time it's military, you know, for those two years. And you know they do something in that. I think man, it's just uh, it's just a learning experience, man. Just uh, learning how to get along with other people. Because I mean, like you're raised in Arkansas, you're around a lot of rednecks, a lot. You know, a lot. You don't learn have to learn how to get along with somebody that doesn't believe religiously, morally. You know, values. You know, because we had a guy from he's from Upper Michigan, which is should be Canada. You know, and just completely different. You know what? You know, same thing with the guy from California way different beliefs than i had same way you know they sit there the looking in the room i remember as a guy from syracuse new york dude he failed the grenade course how do you fail the grenade course dude he sit there and stood up wise after he threw it looking at you know wanting to what? see like, that's how you get strapping on the face you know yeah he had to go like redo or qualify the drill sergeant like, slammed his face you know like oh, body slamming down so he went, you know but i'm like see, so you don't
0: oh, there's people who've died They're exactly you know, I, I think one thing that uh, that I really enjoyed about the military is that, and I don't think the civilian populace will ever understand it, is that in the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps that I served in, I can't speak before and I can't speak after, but the military that I served in, there was no such thing as race or gender. Um, I needed that person. I don't care if they had darker skin, lighter skin. If you, if you glowed at nighttime, nobody gave a damn. It doesn't matter if you were a... Female or a male? Um, I served with an all male unit when I deployed to Iraq first, and then I came back. Of two, uh, we had two females that got attached to our unit. We were an all male unit, and uh, we didn't treat them any different. I didn't treat I didn't treat that female any different. Uh, I remember hazing her. I mean, uh, training her just <laughs> like I train, just like training the other dudes. Because what happens is it, we realize that all that stuff is secondary. What we find in the civilian populace is that everybody wants to segregate themselves because we think we're special. In the Marine Corps, they told you, none of you are special. And our drill instructor said, and I think it's a great term, even though it's kind of crazy, is he said, I hate all of you equally. And so what happens is put us all on the same page. We became part of a tribe. I needed somebody. It doesn't matter if he's black, white, what religious he's from. I need that ammo, bro. I need you in my fighting hole and I need you to help. And what happens is, man, I served with every race. I served with different religious background, different political views. And you know what? All that stuff was put aside for our mission. And it was such a an awesome experience. And then I come back to the civilian world and now there's all these subsections fighting each other. I believe in this. I believe that, you know, boys should be able to go in girls' bathrooms. I believe in this religion. I believe in this race, that race. And what happens is it just starts to get so jumbled. Everybody's versing each other. You know, if you think about what happened after September 11th, After September 11th, we all bonded together as a nation. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing a flag because want to know why? We realized that even though we're all these subsections of a nation, we're still Americans. And man, that was one of the biggest things that I enjoyed so much about the military. Very fortunate where I work now, um, I work in an academy where I train with a bunch of other agents and, um, and we're all different races different beliefs and we can all put that aside to to serve our mission and i think if everybody did that rob i think man it'd give a better appreciation for who we are as americans yeah i think they
1: really try to do that too i think you guys that didn't go to basic training what they do you all have the same uniform we didn't have no rank no matter if you had rank or not And the same, we had the same, same screaming eagle, you know, like skinhead, haircut, you know, bald, yeah, bald head. And uh, we couldn't, like, our uniform, they didn't want us to look too nice. So we wouldn't fit in with, you know, we're out of that yet. So they could still identify us. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that you all look the same. And that's where, you know, a lot of times, too, I think, you know, we know racism is learned. We know those, you know, prejudices are learned through, through life. They're not, you're not born that way. It's not innate in you. So I think so many times, you know, that was a really good for me too because I remember one of the things that odd. It was really odd to me because my drill sergeants, like we had, you know, we had a pretty high stress. So they were there all the time, you know. Like it was up in you, and he had like a little locker mirror, and we could put pictures, you know, of our family, girlfriends, and I remember my drill sergeants with the company would come by and look, you know, because they they wanted to know a little bit, you know. Always some way, some some point, they can sit there, a pain point, really, you know in mine, man, I had a, I got, I had a, I had a pretty girlfriend at the time and I had a newer truck and like, I'm just like, why are you in the army? You know, like they're sitting there asking me, he's like, you don't have to do this. I was like, cause I want to. And I was like, you know, as a little kid, you know, I was like one of those things that, you know, I was like, cause you know, people are there for college. money, people are there. That's their only choice. I was like, that's one of the things I wanted to do is serve my country. And uh, I think a lot of times um, we think, I think that that mentality is like, this is the last thing, you know, I don't get a chance to, I don't, you know, I, I want to, you know, it's not because, and I think, man, I think it's such a great honor because I, I meet people all the time because uh, life's not all about just making money or being comfortable or, you know, it's like people that really want to do civil service. I mean, you know, military, police, fire. You know, cause I, I mean, I give it up for them because it's not an easy... Because you're not doing it for the money. I've never met anybody in the military was doing it for the money,
0: yep. ever. I think what happens is it falls into two different categories. It falls into um, self-sacrificing or self-serving. We live in a society right now that I firmly believe is self-serving. It's the me, me, me society. And uh, people who serve is our... Uh, public servants, our firefighters, nurses, doctors, military, I just, I want to say, I mean, I know Rob agrees with me, but man, we have the, we, we're, we owe the deepest gratitude to our military members, uh, people, law enforcement, firefighters, because they are self-sacrificing. You think about this, that our military members, no matter what age they were when they joined, they took a check. And they, they wrote it out to the United States, and it said, I'm willing to let you cash this, and the payment is up to, to include my life. Think about that. I mean, that is powerful. So I don't care what you did in the military. I don't care if you were special forces, force reconnaissance, if you were a bulk fueler, if you were a dentist in the military, if you were supply, mail clerk, drone pilot, I don't care what you did. Um, I, you have my utmost respect because you were willing to self, uh, self-sacrifice. And Rob, before the podcast, him and I were talking about that replic- it replicates what, kind of what Christ talks about and what Christ did. Yeah. Is that, you
1: know the, I sit there, I think there's a verse. I mean, many of you guys have heard this. And I mean, I go back to it pretty often, but it's 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. It's a small little book. It says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters and uh, you know I think one of those things right there we see that self-sacrifice by him he gave his lives up so we'd have you know eternal life and I think a lot of times we see that you know man when we see self-sacrifice I think it um, that's why the movies and stuff you know brings up you know the stories the backstories we hear about you know like today about the do Murph um, if you guys don't know many of you guys have seen the movie The uh, Lone Survivor Lone Survivor and it's about, you know, it's a workout to memorize his life. And I think, you know, I was like, this guy had no clue, you know, his, you know that just the people that even know who he was or even know his name, you know, so many operators, people never know what they do or how they did it, you know, sit there and just kind of story, you know, it's, it's public. And, uh, but I was like, you know, that memor is just as part of his, is really to suffer today. And, uh,
0: That's right. I have a firm thing that I say all the time. We need to sacrifice. And I challenge our listeners If you listen to this, uh, uh, after it comes out, it'll be after Memorial day, but I challenge you to sacrifice a little bit for the people who have sacrificed for us. Um, it gives me a sense of appreciation. Like today, do my back is smoked. Uh, from jujitsu. And then I tweaked it too, but I'm still going to go out there and get after it. The reason why is because I have a sense, uh, like, uh, like I owe my dues. I can sacrifice a little bit for other people that are, have sacrificed the ultimate price. Um, uh, like Michael Murphy, he, he was doing an operation called operation red wings right in Afghanistan. Um, he was in the Hindu Kush, and He was, they were getting after it. And, um, what was really crazy about him, and it it's very biblical, and I think people are drawn to it, is his, we, not idolize, that's the wrong word, but we hold these people up and we use these words, heroes, and it's, I believe it's because we're drawn to that. And we look at this and we say there's something amazing about it, it's because it went way back in history. You know, Jesus did it back in the day for us. And so that's what he did. He came out and he was trying to, they were surrounded. uh, They were getting beat down uh, by the, by the local tribes. And um, there was the opposing force. And these Navy SEALs were just clicking off safe, wearing them out, and they needed comms. And if you were in the military, you know that it cracks me up. We can put a man on the moon, but we can't talk to somebody on a radio. It just, you'd think if anybody was in charge, they could fix the damn radios. But anyways, uh, he was trying to get comms and uh, went out and he exposed himself into an open area so we can get comms. And uh, he ended up getting comms calling for backup and ended up getting shot mortally wounded and he fought till his last breath literally they found him uh you know firearm in hand and uh, according to what i read uh so he fought to his last breath i mean come on and so that's what we're going to be doing right after this podcast and the, and the murph is what rob uh, it's
1: a run a mile 300 air squads like 200 pull-ups and. In- 100 push-ups I can't I think it was always mixed up
0: yeah I think it's 100 pull-ups 200, 200 push-ups
1: did run a mile to finish it off and uh, I mean it doesn't sound like much yeah it doesn't sound like much to uh, me and Ryan are like both broken right now actually I'm going to the doctor tomorrow so I can get a referral to see a uh, orthopedic surgery for my knees because I haven't been able to walk the last week. We're all broke. We're like uh, today. I'm like,
0: how am I going to do? Am I going to walk this? And what am I going to scale for? You just squats. dude cruise with me, man. I'm, I'm going to uh, be slow. We're like the. It's funny. We're going to show up. There's these athletes that are going to run it. I mean, literally, haven't had a carb in six months. And then Rob and I are going to be like the geriatric athletes. We're going to show up with a walker. You could you could push me in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's. what I mean, I thought about
1: getting my bicycle out there and. Uh, but I was like, you know, those things are, you know, it's really not about what time you finished. And it's kind of, kind of suffering a little bit today for, to memory. And, and it's one of those things too, really, you know, Memorial Day is about people that have fallen, uh, veterans. It's not about just for the veterans that are alive. It's about the fallen veterans. And a lot of times we don't, we kind of get that, uh, forgotten about. Cause, I mean, we, uh, if you don't understand that, and I think most of those things, not just not, I try to do it often, uh, I mean, i see, you know, see a flag, I think it means different things to different people. And. I, this week, I was actually in town when they're putting the flags. There's a small community in Dover. It's like north where I live at, where I went to school at. And I was watching a guy put the little flags out. And it uh, kind of, I was like, how cool is that? That's his job. You know, he's going around town and putting the flags in the in the holders. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we just forget about, you know, the, the sacrifice and those things and just, you know, the little things. And even like I went to Sunday where I grew up in. In the middle of nowhere. It's called Tarleton Cemetery. It's in Lurton, Arkansas. Uh my where my grandparents are buried, my brother, family, and to see the flags around the graves for all you know, all the vets there. Uh but as a, you know, the and Memorial Day sit there just how we celebrate those guys and I think a lot of times we just forget about it.
0: That's dude, so a lot of people don't know. Um for the people that did serve in the military, uh this is a this could be a traumatic day. Uh, I was talking to one of my buddies, um, Ford Jacobs, man. This is a hard day uh, for him. A little bit of depression that happens. um, For me, too, a little bit. I get a little bit down. Uh, We lost a buddy named Gunny, uh, Gunny Lane. And, um... Man went out in a horrible way. And so, some people, uh, a lot of civilian populace, they just don't know. They're not educated on what Memorial Day is. And so, I'll just uh, talk a little bit about it because some people will say, Thank you for your service on Memorial Day. And, you know, a lot of vets, they got it. It's not a big deal, but you could be dealing with that one vet who's really depressed because he lost his best buddy, you know, was holding him in his arms when he bled and bled out and died and saying, thank you for your service, man, that could just turn the wrong knife, you know, and, and hurt him. Uh, even though our society is probably trying to do the right thing. So Memorial Day, uh, it's the history of Memorial Day, goes back to the 19th century. Uh, People who lost their friends and relatives in the Civil War, they would go to the grave sites uh, of their dead, and they would decorate it with wreaths and flags and flowers. Initially, Memorial Day was called Decoration Day. Yeah, that's my
1: family. We still... We have called decoration. I mean, we still celebrate decoration day too. I mean, that was like on the Sunday. That's Dude. when we go to the graves and it's a Southern thing too. I think a lot of people in the South do it, but that, they didn't, you know, the commercialized Memorial Day didn't come into like the seventies. That's right?
0: exactly right. Said so, you know, so what you said, all Americans started to adopt this, uh, remember its tradition because of the Southern States. Uh, that's just what they did. And so um, they started to devote it to their people, uh, their families that died in military action uh, and we honor the men and women that gave their lives for our country up to now. That's what Memorial Day is. So if you thank a veteran for the for their service, that's kind of the you know the wrong day. Essentially, this should be a day of mourning, you know. But what happens is, uh, Rob, we know all of our military buddies. Uh, we don't really mourn. We celebrate their life. We celebrate what they did. And I'm telling you, I want all of our listeners to know that freedom is not free. Everything that we have is a luxury that's given. And somebody say, no, nah, I don't believe it. I don't believe in what our you know military does. I don't believe in political views. Let me tell you, there are bad people in the world, and they would come to America in a heartbeat to do bad things. Believe that. Well, I mean, right now, I think there's close
1: to say, 100,000 insurgents in the U.S. I mean, they found that. In Alabama, was it two weeks ago, they found those guys training and looked like a junkyard. Yeah, dude, there's evil. I mean, there's evil. That's one thing I think, you know, we live in a fallen world. I mean, we're Christians. You know, that wrong. We live in a fallen world where there's evil. And uh, I think a lot of times we forget that and don't, we don't want to put our head in the hole until something really horrible happens. Yep. And we don't want to recognize. I mean, that's even uh, me and Ryan both have guns and knobs and Ryan fights and I would just run over them if I, you know, <laughs> but I mean, those things uh, we, you know, I think a lot of times we have to protect, we have to protect our families. I think that's, you know, I think that's what God innately puts to protect, you know, our country and our, in you know, those things that there's going to be evil people doing evil things. And even my kids, man, cause I have the beautiful kids and I think this, the sex traffic, all this stuff going on. I'm like, you know, I watch them constantly.
0: I watch people.
1: Yeah. Even yesterday decoration, there's a couple of people I don't trust, you know, within 10 feet of my kid. I like,
0: yeah, I'll stab you. Yeah, well, I think what happens is we have to realize that we have to realize that there's bad things that, especially not here, just in our country. But I mean, there's a there's there's countries that despise the freedoms that you have. I mean, think about it, Rob. How much money can you have? As much as I want. How many houses can you have? As much as I want. How many cars, bro? Can you as much have as I want? We did you just hear what you said? Yeah. You can. How many languages can you learn? As many as, many as I want. You just said. You live in the land of opportunity. there's other countries that hate that. You can have as much money as you want. Yeah. You have as many many houses as you want, many cars as you want as much languages as you want to learn. you can have as many doctorates as you want degrees. But what happens is there's other countries that hate that. They hate those freedoms that God afforded us when when uh, you know he created this thing called Earth. you know And so um, we have to have rough neck men that are willing and women that are willing to stand up and say, nope, we like what we got. And and you can't oppose your wills to us. And so what happens is I think if we don't remember that, and there was a quote that I uh, read yesterday and I wrote it down. It says, without memory, there is no culture without memory, there would be no civilization and no future. Uh, I think that what that's trying to uh, capture is that if we don't remember What happens, or what kind of dictatorships or evils in the world, we won't have a civilization or a future. So we have to remember, and I think our kids, and I mean us too, our generation, Rob, is that everything is information overload. It's what's happening now. What happened, and then guess what? I was talking to some kids, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, do you remember September 11th?" And they were like. Uh, no, what happened on September? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yep. so what happens is I think we have to remember the atrocities. We have to remember the evil that's in the world and that we have rough neck men and women. They're willing to just sack up and, uh, defend this freedom, defend this country. I, I this is one
1: of those things too. I think we just, you know, with, with history, you know, there's always perspectives, stuff we don't learn about and I mean, I was going through yesterday, just looking at, you know, casualties from different wars and, you know, just, I mean, I mean, even civil wars crazy and just, you know, things we forget about. And even uh, I looked up, I think the Congressional Medal of Honor recipients just to see, because I mean, it's like, you know, that's the, that's the one thing a lot, you know, most of them are after people passed and uh, I think there was 3,500, you know, and uh, which is crazy, but out of that though, there was 19 people that received it twice, double recipients. That's right. And I was like, you know, um I was like, the Dave, part about Dave courage, you know, Medley Butler, yeah, yeah. You know, the courage, you know, man. Oh uh, my You goodness. know, it's just, uh, and I think a lot of times these were, like, you know, just everyday men and women that they didn't have fear, but they had the courage to stand up. And I think that's where. No matter what you're doing, you can sit in the office, cubicle, whatever, is like you have a choice to make a difference, the status quo, you know, sit there, the difference between a leader and a manager, you know, as a leader's, you know, a manager sits there and just kind of follows it. I'm going to keep doing this, but a, a leader has something innate in them that wants to change the status quo and wants to be different and doesn't want to be the same. And, and that's where, you know, I think to take the courage, no matter what you're doing or where you're at in life, that... Hey, I can make a difference. It might be a small difference, but you know that's, that's how this country becomes actually great. Is because it's not by a president. It's about people taking personal responsibility and whatever God's I, called
0: them to do, and doing the most out of it. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I would say this too. There's a lot of guys that I've talked to who said, "Ryan, man, I I'm kicking myself in the ass because I wish I would have joined. Man, I I missed the bus. I." man, I signed up and I was, I, I was colorblind or man, I had an injury that prevented me a football energy, injury that prevented me from joining the military. Let me say this, exactly what Rob was saying. You can make a difference, even though you did not serve in the military, which makes you no different as a Patriot. You know, you put a flag in front of your house, you put an American flag, hang it from your house. And you give back to this country. You give back to this country, and that makes you a patriot. You support your veterans, and you help secure the freedoms that this country has. And if that's the freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, all amendments, that makes you a patriot and you can serve the country just as much. And let me say this quickly, Rob, is some guys, I had a guy get kind of emotional about it. He said, Ryan, I, 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 I'm really, uh, you know, emotional about, it. I wish I would have joined the military and I, and I, I wish I would have joined. I wish I would have joined. And, and it was really in his heart and it was weighing heavy on him. I said, dude, don't wish you would have joined the military. God had a plan for you because what could have happened, Rob, check this out, is he could have deployed. Mm. And then guess what? He lost his legs yep. or he could have got killed. And now he wouldn't have been there for his daughter. He could have came back blind or with a TBI from an IED. I said, don't wish brother. God put a, put you on the earth for a, a plan, become a patriot. Now become a patriot, put a flag in front of your house. Look at that flag, realize what it represents realize the freedoms that we're afforded in this country and be a patriot that you can serve your country just as much as a military member i think you know that's one of the hardest things right there because i think it's like that there's the small
1: things people they want to just do the big things you know it's like man the small things uh, i got a friend jonathan metcalf he just he uh he just retired out of the army um we've been friends for almost 20 years and uh Man, he does a thing here, River Valley Veterans stuff. He started a nonprofit even after, you know, but like is helping. um, I think one of the things he put a ramp on a disabled veterans at their house for the wheelchair, you know, but I was like, that's, you know, it seems like some people that's so small to some people, but that's a huge deal. And I think, you know, finding those things out, uh, that, like that, that need to be done and doing it. Um, people need to be helped. And I think that's the part, you know, your community is like the little things. And I think so many times we, we just see the big things we see and we don't, but we don't see the small, the little things. And I think really, you know, getting back to scripture, you know, God's like, when you, when you handle the little things, when you take care of the small things is when he starts to give you bigger things. And I really think, you know, whatever in your life is, man, be micro-ambitious in those little things in life. And that's when I really- that's a good term right there. <laughs> and I really got, you know, and God really laid this on my heart you know, about this podcast because I was like, man, we've only had like 5,000 downloads and that's nothing in the world. But I was like, that's 5,000 hours people have taken their lives to listen to us, you know? Wow. And I was like, that's a responsibility to make sure that producing good content and having good things for people out there, you know, and being ambitious in that and uh, sharing- those things that we're doing.
0: I dude, I think, I, I think you're right, man. I think like, uh, there's a couple people, skip Colvin in Conway is a big supporter of veterans. I think if you own a business, you can support veterans and not giving money to these big, huge organizations that the money gets. I mean, I remember I came out and I'm not going to, trash talk any organization that's not what I do but I remember coming back and there was all these organizations that were collecting millions of dollars and I reached out to a couple of them because I was struggling and I got a backpack bro yeah I got a backpack I think what you can do is if you own a business or you're financially you know successful you can find a local veteran in your community dude and help help him, give him a day off, man, you know, get, go buy him a a gift card to, 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 dinner or just, you know, thank him. I remember so many times I'm a veteran myself. And I remember paying for another veteran's dinner. He's sitting there in uniform and I paid for his dinner. And not only did I know that I helped him and, and, and showed my thankfulness as a veteran to another veteran, but I walked away with a, with a full heart for some reason, you know, that I, I like, I did a good deed you know yeah. and so i think there's just a lot of um tribe mentality community mentality that we can help each other we can lift everybody up you know and you can do your part you don't have to serve to do your part you know you like i said you could be that patriot and just help anybody i think just
1: i mean find somebody and help them out i think that part is like <laughs> just find, find somebody to, and find help a out. need and help i mean like there's so many things in this world uh that People, you know, the needs that need to be met. And that's where just be a good person. I mean, I always you sit there a lot of times, people complain. And even, man, counseling people I've talked to about, you know, people struggling with depression. I was like, find something to volunteer that has nothing to do with yourself. And I was like, when you get, quit being self focused and start focusing on other people, you feel better about life. You feel better about, you know, you see that there's other things in the world that matter. Um, beyond yourself, because it's, it's so easy to get so like self-absorbed.
0: So, what would you say, Rob? For the last little bit of the podcast, let's talk about the hard topic. Memorial Day for some of our brothers and sisters is a hard day, and um, I know a couple veterans that on this day they get into a closed room and they go to the bottom of a bottle. Um, what would we say? Uh, I would ask you two questions. One, uh, what's your advice? And two, what would you think that they can do that would uh, minimize it, minimize the onset of depression?
1: Man, I, I really, I know this personally.
0: I mean, I think let me be honest
1: with that. I've experienced depression at different times in life, but is don't isolate. Um, find some people you love and be around them, even if you're going to be quiet and be around them, because. Uh, we know when we start to self medicate, whether it be drinking, drugs, whatever it is, um, food, even food, even is like, uh, that's not good, you know, when you're around other people, you do that less, and uh. When you're around other people, you you look at you look at yourself less and look at other you know, what's going on, mm. and and also other people find people are happy. Man, one of the reasons I love being around Ryan is like we have fun. I mean, like in the worst of situations, I've done like some of the worst things in my life with him and <laughs> go, go rug Murph, you know. But I mean, those things is like. We have fun wherever we're at. Now, I would, and I hate saying that, you know, we know these people that are Debbie Downers that pull you down, but, you know, find somebody that's going to lift you up, and uh, I would say expose yourself to them as much as possible, but especially days you know you're going to be down, and uh, man, and and too, like, if you have a problem with alcohol, pills, whatever, I'm like, man, pour it out, get it away where it's not easy access, because um, just certain this fat kid syndrome, if I know I'm going to... Love little debbies. I don't need to leave them in the, you know,
0: get them out of the house. Where I have to consciously think, I've got to leave here, go to the store. You know, I think you have to. I think you're right. I think you have to set healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way, Um, and I don't mind putting it out there, being vulnerable. I can't drink alone, especially like on Memorial Day, or um, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, I don't mind having social drinks, like getting together with a group of people, and I'll have a couple drinks and and, uh, just socialize. Um, you know that's my father in law, part part of the family, and that's what we do when we get together. Is you know have a couple drinks and and uh, uh, play some games and stuff. But I cannot drink alone. I know that, and so I have to set those boundaries because you know when you, you start drinking, you know the enemy will creep in and all those things and demons that you've had had to deal with and see with. Man, that is serious. Like let me let me tell you some statistics that I pulled up, Rob. You know how I like data, dude. Check this out. Uh, the second cause, listen to this, Rob, this will blow your mind. The second cause of death for someone who's 24 to 34 is suicide. Unintentional injury is number one. Dude, the second cause of death is from someone from 24 yeah. to 34 becomes suicide. And our military veterans are three times more likely to uh, commit suicide than the civilian populace. So I think you have to do it. And as you get older, 35 to 44, it becomes the fourth, uh, I mean, 35 to 54, it becomes the fourth reason for suicide, I mean, for death. So you have unintentional death, uh, you have... You know, cancer, heart disease, those things are the reason uh, why somebody dies. But from the age of 24 to 34, it's the second number, re- uh, uh, second cause of death.
1: But here's one, like going back to that. Don't wait till like today. Be intentional, I'm making plans to be with people um, on mm-hmm. that day. You know what I'm saying? and sit there and be intentional about not having that stuff around you know if you isolation yeah, yeah you know, there, yeah, there. All, you know and be intentional about planning that stuff and here's what too, I'm big on about grieving because I think grieving has processes we all go through grieving processes and there's parts of memories that come up like today I think it's a national thing now at 3 o'clock they have like a moment of silence I think it's a great time say at 3 o'clock I'm going to think about this person or that I want to grieve them celebrate them you know and know that they're not forgotten and, uh, no, you know, sit there that, that lost, but also like, Hey, have a time I'm going to go back. I'm checking back into the real world, you know, the world, I'm not going to sit there and check out all day and dwell on it.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, some people struggle with, well, why didn't, why did I come back? But they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I would say this personally is I believe God has a plan for you, man. There was, there was two specific times when I was overseas that I thought I was, I was D U N done. Yeah. I thought I was done. And, um, one of them almost got shot in the face and, uh, um, man, I just, I look back on it and it's, it, God has a plan for me. You know, that, I really, a I, crazy
1: story. I remember you yeah. told me a
0: couple of times about it. Just, to- and so this is what I, I, I ended up pulling a couple other things is that, um, man, get out and, and get, uh, get involved with somebody, but here's some psychological strategies that um, someone just shared with me and I'll share them with you probably close out the podcast in a little bit after that. But, um, here's some strategies, these psychological strategies, one, get active when you're active, your body releases endorphins. I mean, I do it through jujitsu. I come home. I'm like, I'm a lion. My wife's like, get out and go roll. I go get my ass beat, uh, beat up a little bit and beat up some folks a little bit. And i come back into the home. I'm totally different. Second. Um, challenge negative beliefs. Why, why are they negative? Challenge them with your mind come They come into your mind. Why am I believing this? Why am I listening to the lies? Um, identify what you need. You know, I know what I don't need. I don't need to be drinking by myself. Isolated with a bottle, man. There's just nothing comes good of that. Uh, be assertive, be assertive about your actions. Um, a lot of reasons that our vets feel like they need to commit suicide is they got those in their demons and they also feel like they lost control back in the day when they were in the military, you and I both know, I mean, you had troops, you were responsible for you had a mission and now you come back and you're. Life's out of control. You work for some boss who's an idiot who might not, is never deployed. He doesn't really know. And he's telling you about, you know, that you're, you know, his, this small mission is so huge. And if you listen to him, he's never had any life lessons. And so how much you lose control and you start to feel that depression kick in. Um, Here's another one. Accept yourself, accept yourself for who you are, what you've done. Think about all the things that you think might've been bad you need to go back and look what's what are all the good things you've done yeah i think you know fix something good i think
1: that's a you know perspective there just there's so many good things here's another thing too man not, not just your vets because there's people in that are not veterans never served anything to deal with depression this is oh, all my good goodness. stuff you know like i think just uh you know living your life that hey there's good things and good you know today you know These feelings pass too. I think a lot of times Mm. I say, you know, this, you know, a feeling, emotion, it comes and goes. And that's where, you know, uh, taking control of these things. What can I do to be better? It's so hard.
0: I like like what you said is uh, express your emotions. Dude, you and I both know in the military, uh, we've been taught. To suck it up. Or as men, too. I mean, it's like, you know, I can't express,
1: express you know. Hey. I know more. there's more of a need to it now, but I think there's a time and a place for it, you know, friends. You know, and then I think there's a time like, hey, it's time to nut up and let's go and do this. And But I think it's okay to express your you know. And because if you don't, I feel like. You'll
0: really either rage out, bro. You'll yeah. you'll you'll internally implode. I think what happens—that's what you see with guys. Guys are just, oh, Steve was such a nice guy. He was always so nice to everybody, and then he shot up the post office. Yep. It's just he imploded internally. I think that it's okay to not be okay. Yep. It's okay to not be okay. And but I think what happens is like so. A lot of guys that are uh, like in my circle are very positive, optimistic people, but they're, but they're realist, but a lot of people are positive. And so you don't want to bring negative to a positive crew. But I think what we use in my circle of friends is we say, bro, I need to bleed on you yep. or Hey, you can bleed on me. That means let her rip, whatever it is, express your emotions. But I think that's having abandoned brothers too.
1: I think, yep. uh, One thing we and Brent, we talk about this often, and me and Ryan have a friendship where we can talk to each other and we know something's not right. Yeah, it's not, you know. And I was like, this ain't accountability. Accountability, I can lie to his face and say I'm great, but he knows when I'm saying I'm great that we're close enough that you're like, what's what's up, dude? Yeah, you're lying. Even like last week, man, I was struggling. I mean, honestly, oh, I'm good. My 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 (laughs) marriage, my marriage had some bombs, you know. And me and Jessica are great now, but it was like these little things, man, it was like a landmine. I like, I would hit one landmine and I would jump, you know, somewhere else. And it was like, I was just getting just throttled. And uh, it was like, my pride was like, you're making it worse. And Ron's yeah. like, what's up, dude? But well, you know, like... You know, I'm good. I'm,
0: no, you're not good. Not
1: good. But, you know, the part of that too is you know, having friends that, you know, that pushed and you know, even me and my wife went and met with some mentors and met with another, you know, couple at the same place we're at, you know, and those things too, it was like having friends that call me out and say, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing about it? And uh, I think having the friendships... Uh, man like that too when you're down to see you and know you and having those you know the band of brothers to do stuff with on those days like today that know your heart and I, I mean you say man I don't have that but here's what happens you you gotta seek it out man it took me years to find really good friends I feel like uh, I always had friends but you know sit there that that want to be in reciprocal relationship. And that means, you know, how do you get a hug, give a hug, you know? A
0: lot of people don't want that, Rob. You know, I think that's really good you said that. If you're going to do that and have somebody you can bleed on, you got to be there. Uh, Somebody said something, he said, well, you never come see me. Well, the flip side of the coin is you never came to see me, right? So what happens is it's got to be on both sides. If you're willing to put a tourniquet on me emotionally, I need to be able to put a tourniquet on you as well, right? Um, that self-sufficient relationship where I can count on you and you can count on me and we're both bringing value to the table versus someone who's just being the sucker fish you know what I mean I think you both got to have that. And if you don't know, man, you can find those people for our listeners. You're like, Ryan, I don't have anybody. I'm working in a job. I hate everybody I work with. I'm, Dude, you need to get out and find something where you can build your trauma bonds. That's jujitsu. That's CrossFit. That's these go rucks, these tough mutters. Dude, there's, there's these groups where people go out and they get after it together. That's where you start to make your bonds. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things.
1: And the thing about it, if it's not for you. You can always crawfish your way out of it and try something else. I mean, that's the thing where people, you don't have to be great at any of this stuff. No. It's just the relationship, man, is you know, friendship is important. Um, I always notice it on holidays, you know, people that don't have friends, I always try to be inclusive to um, uh, that, you know, different guys going through stuff, especially ones going through divorce. A lot of times they've lost their whole friend base because they not had friends because you know their marriage and we, we
0: watch some of our friends going through that right now and, and they always just, try to pull them in. Yeah. And they'll say, dude, I'm good. Listen, you're not good. Especially, dude, if you're a military guy and you say, dude, I'm good. And you're not good, dude. It's OK to be not OK. If you come up, if a guy's asking you, oh, dude, I'm not doing good, man. I got a lot of stuff going on this. And if he's a good friend, the first thing that should come out of his mouth is what can I do? Yeah. What can
1: yeah. I do to help you, bro? exactly and sometimes it's just listening sometimes it's just ch- check on me tomorrow it's like a lot of times it's ryan, i was like hey text me tomorrow I'll make sure that <laughs>
0: sometimes it's sitting on a tailgate having a beer
1: <laughs> yeah and sometimes that's exactly yeah
0: sometimes it's going hunting sometimes it's yeah it could be anything it's sometimes i know guys right now that'll call me and they'll say hey ryan i'm really struggling like memorial day you know they'll, they'll call me and say i'll probably get a call today uh or or the next couple of days and saying ryan i need you to meet me at the gym We're going to put the mouthpiece in and we're just, dude, and we'll just fight and do when you start fighting and we're not going to injure each other, but we're going to hurt each other. And after we're done, man, I watched this guy just show up and he's just like a, like a tea kettle boiling and then we'll fight and all the steam will come out. And then dude, he's just like, you see it on his face. Like he's been renewed. You know, so whatever that is for you, it might be playing an instrument. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever it yeah, is. I mean,
1: that that release is going to be all different for everybody, but I think just find it. But, I mean, we're we're a little bit over on time today. Come on. Uh, but uh, one thing a quick, like, hey, guys, if you get a chance, get on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever, and give us, uh, rate us, you know, sit there and give like, some feedback. And also, Forge by Fire, it's on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, comment on there, whatever. Because, could definitely, like, you know, we got some uh, stuff coming up and I uh, just want to engage more um, with you guys and, you know, questions, answers, and, you know, sometimes we talk about some stuff. We'll talk about more if you guys want to know about it. But uh, one thing, too, looking for a band of brothers coming up in Texas in the fall, the Man Alive Expedition, something me and Ryan are invested in. I love um, that, place, And, it's, you know, it's helped us, you know, really form a band of brothers, you know, also bring some guys in that are struggling and um, really looking for that. And, and it's a... It's a, it's a tear off a of Wild the Heart, a little bit different, but we did our own individual thing, but we're going to do one in Texas in the fall. If you'd like more information, man, just message us about that. But, uh, man, today, you know, I want to end on a good note, a happy note, because, you know, today really is about celebrating the lives of the That's fallen exactly veterans. You know, it's, right. it's about to celebrate, you know, not just a Debbie Downer, like, hey, how can we be, you know, celebrate and go sit there, memorize these people, you know, and serve their memories for greatness, because it's not for nothing. that We live in, you know, this country where we're a great country you know enjoy this beautiful day today but man can you take us out today
0: absolutely from Forge by fire we are so thankful for the people that made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom forged by fire out